Hello, everyone, and welcome to Third Eye with Lorelai. I'm your host, Lorelai, where we talk all things metaphysics. Everybody and welcome back to another episode of Third Eye with Lorelai. I am Lorelai, your host, and this is another video recorded episode. So if you are listening to this, be sure to come to my YouTube channel and check out all the things that I am putting up for you to actually see on this amazing podcast episode today. So anyway, thanks for coming back. I love you guys. And today I'm so excited to bring some really incredible crystals to you. Um, I'm bringing Azurite and K2. Now, granted, I'm doing both of those because there is azurite in granite, which is K2. So I'm kind of like combining both and talking about both and their metaphysical properties because there are some differentiations between both of them. So anyway, I'm going to be talking about those crystals today, and then we're going to be talking about shadow work today. So a little bit of a more uncomfortable part, but it is all a part of the light working process and becoming who we are as spiritual beings, beings is doing this shadow work. So Without further ado, let's dial it back and talk about the crystals today. So, Azurite and K2. So, I'm going to pan down to the, wherever it's going to be, maybe here, here, here. (laughs) It's going to be here. So, the second cam so that you can see what these crystals look like. Okay, so, this is K2. Now, the blue in K2 is Azurite. So that's what makes this crystal or really the stone so incredible is that it has a crystal in the granite already. And azurite by itself is this really incredibly blue crystal. And that's what it looks like. It's this, this beautiful blue color. Um, I don't have any on hand, which is fine because you can see it here. Um, so that's why I wanted to talk about azurite in addition to K2 because it has its own thing in addition to K2 having its own thing. So this is K2 with azurite in it. I actually have a bracelet that has more. You see how pretty the azurite is in the granite? It's so gorgeous. I absolutely love this stone so much and I love azurite as well. So that that is K2 along with azurite. So let's talk about the metaphysical properties of these incredible stones. So azurite. Azurite guides psychic and intuitive development. Uh, development. <laughs> Sorry. It urges the soul towards enlightenment. It cleanses and stimulates the third eye and attunes the spiritual guidance. The crystal enables journeys out of the body to take place easily and safely. It raises consciousness to a higher level and gives greater control over spiritual enfoldment. It facilitates entering a meditative and channeling state. Azurite is a powerful healing stone, facilitating psychosomatic understanding of the effect of the mind and emotions on the body. So mentally, Azurite brings about clear understanding, new perspectives, and expands the mind. It releases long-standing blocks in communication and stimulates memory. Azurite challenges your view of reality and lets go of programmed belief systems to move into unknown, the unknown without fear. 
reaching deeper insights and new reality, old beliefs gently rise to the conscious mind to be tested against truth. So I really love that because it allows you to take what maybe you thought you knew about things or how you used to think about things and helps you to bring it to the surface and really test it against what you really know to be true. So that's really, really powerful. And part of the reasons why I wanted to pair this with the shadow work component today. Emotionally, as you write clear stress, worry, grief, and sadness, allowing more light into the emotions. It transmutes fear and phobias and brings an understanding of why they occurred in the first place. It calms someone who talks too much out of nervousness or encourages someone who holds back from self-expression. Azurite treats throat problems, arthritis, and joint problems, aligns the spine, and works at the cellular level to restore any blockages or damage to the brain. It heals kidney, gallbladder, and liver problems and treats the spleen, thyroid, bones, teeth, and skin, and aids detoxification. It encourages the development of the embryo in the womb. So I think that's really interesting because I've never heard of a stone actually assisting with any sort of, you know, fetal development, especially since I'm in obstetrical nursing. I think that that's really, really interesting. So it's kind of a nice non-medicinal way of encouraging growth of your unborn baby, if that's something that you are interested in or maybe that you're undergoing right now. So Azurite would be a really good way of helping with that, that you don't have to like take or, you know, whatever. So Azurite, if you are newly pregnant, congratulations, by the way. (laughs) Azurite has a special resonance with the mind and mental processes, mental healing and stress relief. It can energize and realign the subtle bodies with the physical and clearing the chakras. Azurite elixir ameliorates a healing crisis where symptoms temporarily get worse before improving. Okay, so now that we've talked about Azurite, which is the blue in this stone, let's talk about K2 on the whole, okay? So the K2 crystal is a unique stone mined from the snowy peaks of the Pakistan's K2. So if you didn't know that, K2 is actually a mountain in Pakistan. It's the second largest or second highest mountain in the world. These rugged snowy peaks make mining difficult, which is why the special stone is extremely rare and hard to find. Great things never come easy, but it's always worth it, especially in the case of K2. A rare combination of azurite and granite, the K2 crystal balances your earthly experience with a higher consciousness, allowing you to go deep into the spirit world while being firmly grounded to the earth. Bob Marley once said, in this great future, you can't forget your past. Which reminds us that our ancestral heritage contains a treasure trove of wisdom. After all, it was the razor sharp intuition of our ancestors that helped them survive saber toothed tigers, invading marauders, and a lack of modern medicine. It might not be the dark ages, but the K2 crystal applies to today's world because it helps us to see the future with new clarity and vision. 
Because of its ability to promote and ground a grounding intuition, the K2 is an excellent stone for deepening your meditation practice. For a spiritual awakening with this special stone, begin your journey in a sacred space free of clutter and distractions. This means stepping away from the television and your cell phone and entering an environment that promotes healing and relaxation. Take a 20 minute break from your everyday routine and get up close and personal with K2 Crystal, a gemstone that dances to the beat of its own drum and encourages you to do the same. During your therapeutic sessions, sit quietly with the stone and give it an intention which programs it to support and promote all your dreams. Just as the quartz crystal serves as the oscillator for watches and electronics, K2 can be programmed by our minds to help us go confidently in the direction of our bliss, living the life we've always imagined. Gosh, this sounds really amazing. I don't know about you guys. Sounds like we need a little bit more K2 in our lives, right? With its silvery gray colored marked with perfectly circular orbs, like this, you see? The K2 crystal has an almost otherworldly appearance. Like a magical Fabergé egg gifted from Mother Nature, this relatively new stone has been creating a buzz at gemstone shows across the country. To access the powerful energy of the stone, prepare for a mind-bending journey to the heavens when you incorporate the K2 crystal in a meditation ritual before bedtime. Place a stone over your third eye and breathe in its healing vibes, asking it to guard you while you sleep by protecting you from nightmares and giving insight into the fascinating dream world of the unconscious mind. I do have, I do have to say that I have found pretty readily, I found K2 in, in most crystal shops and it's not super expensive. So they're saying it's extremely rare and maybe, maybe that's the case in some areas, but so far I've been able to find it. Maybe I've just been really fortunate, but like I've been able to find these and they haven't been obscenely expensive. So. Maybe it's extremely rare, but I feel like I, I got some pretty easily. So <laughs> hopefully you guys too, if you're interested in it. So the K2 crystal stone vibrates with a powerful energy, which makes it an excellent stone for healing. This combination crystal gives it or gets its celestial qualities from azurite and its grounding and stabilizing properties from granite, giving you the benefits of a peaceful mind, the stepping stone to spiritual enlightenment. If you seek universal truths, meditate with the K2 crystal and go deep. And by deep, we mean as far back as past lives and ancestral lineage. Because it is when the past and the present merge that we begin to see the divine truth of the universe unfolding before our eyes. To get the most out of your meditation practice, simply focus your attention on a particular aspect of life and get ready to enjoy the benefits of stability, relaxation, and a more crystallized direction of your goals. Borrowing from the Zen tradition, gaze at the stone and let your eyes take in the beauty of the crystal as your surroundings flow effortlessly in synchronicity. The K2 crystal is a combination stone with an impressive ancestral pedigree that can be traced back to the ancient Greeks and Native American healers who use azurite in their healing rituals. Occasionally marked with green malachite inclusions, which by the way, if you've never seen azurite with green malachite, oh man, it is really gorgeous. I mean, super, super beautiful. Hopefully I can find, I gotta figure out how I can show you guys how I can get my hands on some so that way you guys can see what this looks like. Eventually I will show you guys and it'll be amazing. So stay tuned and I will have that for you. It's perfect blue orbs look like dye 
but to everyone's surprise, these unique characteristics are a natural formation adding to its etheric or ethereal and otherworldly aesthetic. The K2 crystal meaning is associated with the strength and resolve that comes from feeling harmonious and balanced in all aspects of life. It's the granite that gives K2 its powerful grounding effects, opening the doors to your sharpest intuition. Making up the foundation of the Earth's crust, granite helps anchor us to the Earth while our spirit floats on puffy white clouds and converses with angels. With the K2 crystal stone, find your inner muse and ask your creative spirit to come out and play. Evoking the spirit of, this is the word, C-H-H-O-G-O-R-I, Chigori, maybe. The second highest mountain in the world, K2 reminds us that the higher we climb, the more amazing the view at the top. Okay, so that is Azurite and K2. And I absolutely love these. These have really helped me with um, my past life readings. Um, it's also helped with a lot of tarot reads uh, whenever I do them for other people and for myself. Um, the, this stone is amazing, especially if you're a little bit um, spacey. Like I'm kind of spacey a lot of the times. My, I'm all frequently in my head. I'm always thinking about things and feeling and Sometimes I have a hard time grounding, and so the stone has a beautiful combination of the granite grounding me. That aspect is like so comfortable and safe for me. And then the blue helps with that, that azurite, helps with that connectivity and that freedom and that flow of communication and connection with spirit and my guides. So if you've never tried using this crystal stone in your meditative practice, give it a shot. It is absolutely incredible and I highly, highly recommend it. So let's go back to there. Okay. So anyway, you guys, um, I'm going to move on to the quote of the week, which I really, really love. I'm going to drag it over here. Okay. So the quote is actually by an anonymous person or whoever said it. I, I could not find whoever said this quote, so forgive me, but it was so good. I didn't want to not mention it today. So the quote is, the universe does this thing where it aligns you with people, things, and situations that match the energy you put out. The more you improve yourself and raise your vibration, the more you will see things that are beneficial to your well-being. Now I got this from Think, Grow, Prosper but I couldn't find like a specific person that said it. So there we go. So that is the quote of the week. So let's talk about shadow work. Okay. So if you've been doing any sort of spiritual practices or trying to improve who you are through spirituality, you are probably familiar with shadow work. And some people are a little nervous about it because it's the part of spirituality that can be really, really uncomfortable. So let's talk about why it's important, why you should be doing it, and how it's going to help you along this journey, and why even sitting in the discomfort actually raises your vibration even more than just being happy. Because this whole process 
it's 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 a lot of it's a lot of work it's a lot of hard work and it's a lot of realization of yourself and realizing where you are and really uncovering those parts of you that need healing and that you need to understand more okay so this article i got on medium.com and a woman named kimberly fosu who is a spiritual life coach wrote this article and I went through it and I really liked the stuff that she was putting out. So um, I wanted to tell you guys about this today because I thought it really beautifully unfolded the necessary work and all the things that encompass shadow work. And her um, article is called Shadow Work, A Simple Guide to Transcending the Darker Aspects of Yourself. Okay, you guys ready for this? Okay. (laughs) Shadow work is the highest form of light work will do. And that was the very first thing that she mentioned in the article. So what is the shadow? For many people, the term shadow brings up all kinds of negative and dark associations. Because of this, it is easy to assume that shadow work is a dark spiritual practice that involves the negative and sinister aspects of our personality. The shadow is dark because we are made of both light and dark aspects. But it is part of who we are and we can't be afraid of ourselves. And I feel like ultimately, above all things, we are most afraid of not only who we are, like who we don't, what the the parts that we don't like about ourselves, but even the things that we're afraid that what we could be, our potential, sometimes that scares us more than anything else. The shadow was first brought into the Western world by psychologist Carl Jung. He described it as the unconscious and disowned parts of our personalities that the ego fails to see, acknowledge, and accept. It is any aspect of ourselves that is not exposed to the light of our consciousness. As children, we are born whole and complete, but that wholeness is short-lived. The shadow is born in our childhood as a byproduct of certain interactions we had with the people closest to us. Our caretakers make us believe that certain aspects of ourselves are good and others are not. The aspects that are seen as bad are rejected and consequently form the shadow. And a lot of us, instead of, instead of rejecting it wholly, we like stuff it down. I feel like there's a lot of people that stuff all those emotions down and just pretend like it's not there. And a lot of times that eventually comes to the surface by way of projection or triggers. We'll get into that though. How the shadow affects you. When we depend on our caregivers for survival, we suppress the aspects that are disapproved and we exaggerate the aspects that are approved. For example, imagine a five-year-old boy who is very much in touch with his feelings. He is sensitive and emotional. Something happens and he gets mad and cries and response. And in response, his dad says, stop crying like a little boy, be a man. His dad believes crying is bad, so he suppresses his son's emotions. As a result, the latter pushes this gentle and sensitive side of himself into the shadows and begins acting tough. I also want to say that a lot of times, even in school situations where you're bullied, there is a part of you as the victim of the bullying that makes you feel like you're weak and that, you know, there's you 
you stuff in that part of yourself that wants to stand up for yourself. You know, that that sort of thing can happen too. And that happens in like many different areas of our life. This is a great example, but like I feel like that was also another example of like how, you know, people can say, you know, try to exploit a weakness of you and say, this is weak, this is bad, and you believe it because it's from the outside coming in. People, the observation of other people makes you feel like that is a truth when in actuality it's not really a truth it's just something that other people maybe have triggers or other wounds that they're operating from that are now thus creating wounds in you so as an adult this little boy has trouble feeling things that will not show his emotions even when it's well um, he will have trouble feeling things that will not show his emotions even when it's required because of that he struggles in his relationships never allowing himself to fully be seen the shadow grows every time you repress i feel like that's something that everybody needs to hear your shadow the things that you don't want to be understood that you don't want to be seen that you don't want to feel or know or look at grows every time you repress it so another example is a little girl who's angry about something and starts throwing a tantrum immediately her mom tells her to stop it stop being so bad every time she gets angry mom repeats the same thing to stop to stop it and be a good girl but (laughs) it must be bad to be angry the little girl thinks i have to try very hard to not get angry With time, she disassociates from her anger, but that doesn't make it disappear. She grows up believing she always has to have it together. Later on, she realizes she has trouble at work because people push her buttons. Often, she feels like she's about to explode and doesn't know what to do. She realizes her anger is there all the time, coming up in passive-aggressive ways and causing issues at work. Because when you repress it, you are thus feeding it miracle grow (laughs) you're making it grow even worse you're not giving it an outlet in any way shape or form so it's just bubbling up underneath the surface the role of the subconscious mind we can call the subconscious mind the shadow because we cannot see it clearly and thus are not aware of it the conscious mind is akin to the light because we can see it clearly and are aware of it What goes into our subconscious is everything we reject about ourselves, the unacceptable and unwanted bits. The minute you say something about you is bad, you have a reason to suppress, ignore, and deny it. Even though the shadow is unseen, it affects everything we do. When we deny an aspect of ourselves, it doesn't disappear. It just fades away from our conscious awareness. The shadow, with a life of its own, can affect our actions and life experiences heavily if we don't pay attention to it. So enter shadow work. The shadow is the reason we do certain things in life without understanding why we do it. We become adults and feel we should be able to handle life better, yet we keep falling into the same unhealthy patterns. That's because the shadow operates outside of our conscious awareness in the form of unconscious and limiting beliefs. The shadow isn't just negative and dark. Now this is where it starts to get really interesting, you guys. The shadow contains so much potential, gifts, and talents 
that haven't been unearthed yet. Great things may end up in the shadow too. Let's just say that that girl is born with a strong sense of self. She knows who she is. She knows what she likes and doesn't like. She asks for what she wants and she for sure isn't afraid to speak her mind. She's a strong little girl, but she's raised in a family that constantly tells her to tone it all down because it's too much. The part of her that is strong and confident are rejected, so she in turn rejects those aspects of herself. She grows up to be quiet, sweet, and obedient, but she doesn't understand why her life is so painful. The truth is she suppressed some important aspects of herself and therefore feels divided. She has a shadow side she doesn't quite know how to bring to the light. The reason positive aspects are contained in the shadow is that we are afraid of what people will think or react when we tap into it. So disassociation from parts of the self creates a split. The shadow is an inner fragmentation that occurs within you. It's almost like two different people are operating your life. Have you ever met the most gentle, sweetest, and kindest person, and in the blink of an eye, something happens and this person turns into something or someone else? They become mean and scary. They throw the biggest tantrum or freak out. How did this sweet person turn into a crazy psychopath? (laughs) That's because they have two parts of themselves operating their life and the shadow part took over when they got triggered. We often underestimate the shadow, thinking that it has no power over us, but that's wrong. The shadow is very powerful. And in some ways, if you haven't really tapped into it and you're ignoring it completely, it can take over the even the more better parts of yourself. It can turn your life upside down and destroy your most cherished relationships if you don't understand it and you aren't able to work with it more than just stuffing it and repressing it. Every time you act out of your shadow, it grows bigger and bigger. How to spot the shadow within you. (laughs) Separation and division are not the natural states of anything. Integration and wholeness are natural for humans. And because of this, the subconscious will continually try to get your attention to integrate what's there. I often find that when people are prone to nightmares, it is part of their higher self trying to get their attention. And that can look like a shadow as well. Um, I remember somebody telling me that they would have dreams about being chased and they would finally get away from it and they would think, oh, it's over, it's over, it's done. And they would turn to the side and see the thing that was chasing them and it would peel off their face and say, not not yet. And it was just like, whoa. And immediately they woke up and it was so scary. And I, God, I can imagine, I would be scary just thinking about something like that. But if you think about that, if you think about what that actually is, what is that? What is it that's trying to get your attention? What is it that's needing to be recognized, that's being called to the surface? And don't be afraid to just look at it. I mean, even looking in the mirror can be hard for us sometimes, but sometimes we have to do it in order to finally make the changes necessary to become better and to feel better. Okay, so moving back into what we were talking about. It's difficult to spot your shadow. 
especially if you've suppressed a bit of yourself in the unconscious. Here are three ways to spot your shadow in action. And I mentioned these like previously. The first one is projection. Many people project their issues onto others. And I know that you know what I'm talking about. Every single one of you has been subject to somebody else's projection. I I know it. I know it in my heart and in my nuggets that you have all experienced that before. And it sucks. It doesn't feel good to be projected upon. So when people do this, when when they dislike something about themselves, they point it out in others. When often, we often project our shadows, our suppressed anger, guilt, shame, and other things we don't like about ourselves onto others. We lash out at people for the behaviors we don't like in ourselves. Pay attention to how you project yourself into the outside world because the universe works to make us whole again. People, places, and things become a mirror and reflect who you really are. So that's the first one. The second one is triggers. A trigger is a reminder of past trauma. The surface events that cause conflicts in our lives are not just triggers, they are messengers that enable us to become conscious of something that is buried deep within us. Pay attention to your triggers because they can show you your wounds and your shadow self very easily. Try to catch your emotional trigger before you act out, not after. Now, oftentimes, that can look like anything. That can look like somebody behaving one way and you feel it within yourself. It most of the time feels like anger and it's fast. It's not like something that kind of just bubbles up a little bit. Sometimes it does. Usually triggers though, it is pretty, pretty quick. So when you're in that moment, when something has triggered you, (laughs) I remember driving with, uh, with a friend and that one thing that I noticed with her is, and I think a lot of people get this way, is when people cut them off in traffic or if they're in a gridlock traffic, it is like immediate trigger. And and, and in her, it was like, you know, F-bomb and cussing and being angry and like yelling at the people. And I'm just like, oh boy, this is a big trigger for her. And it's like, I get it. I understand. I understand where she's getting that frustration from. I think we all get a little frustrated in traffic and when people are jerks on the road, but like that type of a trigger where it is like big, big angry energy that comes out, taking a moment to look at that and sit in it and ask, why am I getting triggered right now? What is happening right now? Why am I so angry? Like there needs to, there needs to be some serious introspection and reflection onto why you're feeling that way. And eventually those answers will come to light or, you know, right away, which is helpful because <laughs> then the work, you know, where to start anyway. So, okay. So the shadow wants you, okay. So you pay attention to those triggers so you can try and catch them before. So the third thing is your patterns. Repeating patterns in our lives points us to aspects of our shadow. Patterns are expressions of the shadow because the shadow mirrors itself into your reality to be seen and integrated. The shadow wants you to become aware of it. It wants to be seen and accepted. Within these patterns, you will find aspects of your shadow self that will keep showing up in different situations until you are ready to look at them and break the cycle. I have to tell you that 
sometimes you can put every single one of these things into an actual figure in your mind. And I feel like I've done that with a couple of different things. And especially with breaking patterns and feeling like I get triggered, even in like a different aspect. It doesn't even have to be angry. It can be like arousal in some kind, or it can be like, you know, um, feeling depressed. And you can recognize where that starts in certain areas of your life. And once you start recognizing where it begins, then you can start to metamorphosize it or alchemize it and change it so that the pattern breaks and the triggers become muted and less because you're not you're not disassociating yourself from your shadow you're recognizing it and you're giving it the attention that it is requiring so that your light and your dark can harmonize and be in balance okay so this is why we resist shadow work (laughs) The shadow is a weird, controversial subject. While many spiritual teachers, life coaches, and psychologists love shadow work and feel it can improve a person's life, others believe it's not that beneficial. They believe that if you go looking for dark things, all you will find is more dark things. But while it's great to just focus on the light, it doesn't make the dark go away. The dark is just on the other side, waiting for a time to show its face. And when it does, you may not be expecting it at all. It's better to go looking so you can make peace with the shadow once and for all. If you're worried about what you might find, there's probably something important you don't want to revisit. Instead of continuing to avoid it, you can see it as one more reason to do shadow work. This work is necessary. And if you want to learn and improve your life, and the truth is no one else can do it for you. So you have to do it in order to improve your life. Shadow work isn't a huge thing that requires years of planning. Shadow work is simply becoming aware of what's hidden and gradually healing those aspects of yourself. When you start shadow work, you may feel the way you felt as a child when you were forced to suppress those emotions. But once you overcome it, it may open your eyes to a whole new side of you that you had no idea existed. So how to integrate the shadow. Shadow work is nothing but to make the unconscious conscious and the unacceptable acceptable. That's all you are trying to accomplish. The goal of shadow work is integration. The integration of the unconscious leads to the complete and total awareness. To do shadow work is to bring your shadow closer to you. It is part of who you are after all. The goal is to bring your shadow into the light or to shine a light onto the shadow. The more you shine a light on your shadow, the smaller it gets. Here are simple ways to begin your shadow work. The first one is review your childhood. And a lot of you are going, oh, no, not that. I don't want to do that. I get it. I get it. There are aspects of our childhood that hurts. You don't want to look at. It sucks. But... In order to become the most amazing and fulfilled and balanced and joyous being, you have to do the hard part, which is looking at the parts that are sad, scary, triggering, all the things. So ask yourself, was I completely accepted as a child? How did I feel most of the time? What was expected of me and what behaviors and emotions were judged 
by my people. Those behaviors that were judged created some sort of shadow aspect within you. Once you find the answers to these questions, they will lead you to see the shadow aspect of yourself. The shadow usually has its roots in your childhood. So that's where you begin. So the second thing is become aware of your shadow. We are unaware of the shadow in the same way we can't see in the darkness. To become aware of something, you have to choose to see it. Once you see those rejected aspects of yourself, reflect on them. Are they positive or negative? If you find something negative, make peace with it and release it from the shadow. If it's a positive aspect, reunite with it and call your power back. Becoming aware is similar to seeing something that is suddenly illuminated by light. The most important step in doing shadow work is to become aware of it. Shine a light on it or bring it out of the darkness. So the third thing is don't shame the shadow. Don't shame your shadow. Once you become aware of your shadow self, don't shame it or blame it. Instead, give it your love, compassion, and acceptance because it is yours after all. And you can't be an unconditionally loving being by having conditions against yourself. So accept it, make it a part of who you are. It is a part of who you are just have to give it what it needs in order to illuminate another part of yourself and you can find balance. So give it your love, compassion, and acceptance. Your shadow was born from non-acceptance and rejection in the first place. It was created the moment you began to push it away. Antagonizing the shadow even more only adds fuel to the fire. The shadow is part of who you are, so look at it from a place of love. Love your shadow for all it is. See, even me reading that about my own shadow, that's tough. It's, it is, it's so hard. But remember that you have to love every part of who you are in order to raise your vibration and truly feel loved, first and foremost. Use, the fourth thing, use your triggers. Now, this is going to be interesting. Triggers are messengers and an invitation to delve deeper into unconscious things. The messengers are the events that cause an extreme emotional reaction within you. Naming triggers as such change them and decreases the effect they have on you. It allows you to step back from your emotional reaction and observe it instead of living it. Triggers are reflections of the deep unresolved wounds. They come to open your eyes to things that are suppressed. The fifth thing is observe without judgment. And that is like, I feel like that's sort of like the icing on the cake, is you wanna look at these things and try your best not to judge it, but just to simply see it for what it is. One of the biggest mistakes you can make with shadow work is to judge the shadow once you spot it. If you let the harsh inner critic come up and judge the shadow, you're rejecting it all over again and therefore making it bigger and stronger. When you see your shadow, acknowledge and observe it without judgment. Observe it to understand it and then work to integrate it. Shadow work is the highest form of light work you can do. So see it and try and understand 
understand it instead of judging it. Make peace with your shadow so you can find peace. Shadow work is a great way to experience inner healing and transformation, and all it takes is self-awareness. Every person on earth has gone through a difficult time in their life that created shadows within them. The good news is the entire universe is on our side trying to help us become whole again. Every action of the universe is headed in the direction of growth and expansion. We are provided with abundant opportunities to confront our shadow, our shadow selves, so that we can finally be free of them. It doesn't matter how long you avoid looking at your shadow self, it will keep manifesting into your life, reality, until you pay attention to it. The self that is fractured seeks to become unified, and we will be presented with opportunities to see the aspects of ourselves we have suppressed, rejected, denied, and disowned. The more you become aware of your shadow self and accept it, the more embodied you are as a conscious being and the more agency you have over yourself and your life. So that is the entire article. And I told you guys, it was so, it's so good. It has such amazing information and it's so true. Every part of it, it's like, yep, yep, yep. All the things, all of it. Amazing. And, you know, if there are aspects of it that you're like, I still have questions. I still want to know, like, what are some things that you can do with shadow work? First thing that you can do is meditate. Meditate. And so a lot of you right now are like, I don't have time to do that. La, 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 la. Hey, man, I get it. I've got 8,000 things that I'm doing all the time. Do you know how many hats I wear? All the hats. All the freaking hats, you guys. It's bananas. But there's always time. There's always five minutes. Time is on your side. It is not this linear thing. You can do this. You can totally do this. You're driving to the supermarket. You're driving to a hardware store. You know, you, you're driving everywhere. You're going for a walk. That is moving meditation. That is moving prayer. When you're exercising, that is literally prayer in and of itself. So right before you go to sleep, five minutes, five minutes, sit within yourself in the quiet, and take a moment, take a moment to ask yourself today, what were the things that triggered you today? What are the patterns that you might be recognizing? What are some things that maybe you feel like were projected onto you or maybe that you projected on others? What are those things? What do they look like? What parts of you have you felt like you've really buried deep because you don't want people to know? You don't want people to know because you don't think they would understand. You don't think you'll understand. Start to pay attention to those things because they are part of who you are. And who you are is an incredible and invigorating being. We were made to be incredible beings. We were made to be amazing and leaders and do this work on this earth. We came here for a purpose and you have a purpose. But there's always that part of ourselves that is the cosmic balance, the light and the dark. So understand your dark. Don't judge what your darkness is. And I understand this whole concept of, you know, seeking darkness will only bring more darkness. But you're not evil. There isn't this part of you that is going to, you know, take over everything and destroy humanity. Like, unless you are, in which case, I hope you, I hope not. 
I really hope not. That's that's crazy. <laughs> Hopefully not. Anyway, I don't think that everybody is inherently evil. I think that there is parts of us that have been really traumatized and really segregated and pushed down and made to feel less than. And you're here to realize that you are more than what you how you've been treated. And to really look at those parts of yourself and start to accept them and to observe them from a non-judgmental standpoint is really the beginning of becoming this incredible light being. So that's pretty much it, you guys. I hope that you enjoyed this podcast today. Let me know if there's any questions that you might have or if there's other things that you want me to talk about. I'm more than happy to talk about them anytime. Make sure you're liking and subscribing to the podcast. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. You know, make yourself a part of this Third Eye with Lorelai family because I love you all so, so, so much. And thank you for being here with me and joining me on this incredible journey of finding all the things in metaphysics and finding what makes this universe so expansive and so incredible and our place in it and how wonderful we are because we are a way for the cosmos to know itself, right? And that's by Carl Sagan. (laughs) Anyway, I love you guys. I can't wait to see you again. And I look forward to talking at you again next week. But until then, love and light to you all. like an intuitive tarot reading or a past life tarot reading, be sure to contact me at my website at www.thirdeyewithlorelei.com and third is spelled with the three R-D, not T-H-I-R-D. Or you can contact me on my Instagram account or on my Facebook account. You can DM me and we can set up some time to get your reading in as soon as possible. In-person reading is accepted at this time. Also, readings over Zoom are accepted. So make sure to contact me and let me know what you need, you guys. Love and light to you all.